When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. From movie set to multiplex, it's the business of film with James Cameron Wilson. I'm funny how? I mean, funny like I'm a clown, I amuse you. Wilson! Wilson! This is Simon Rose. You join me for the business of film where I am joined by James Cameron Wilson as we dissect what's been happening at the UK box office, which I seem to recall, James, was down last week on the previous week, which was down on the week before. But you were anticipating um, that with a massive new film opening um, that it might pick up a little bit. But before we get on to the chart, oh, may sorry. I congratulate yeah. you for introducing the show with that clip from Goodfellas. Oh, yes, because it's quite appropriate, I suppose. Which I watched again the other night for obvious reasons, but we'll get on to that. Oh, yeah, yes, yes, time, yes. But... You're quite well. I wasn't concentrating. I'm commending you, sir. Yeah, yeah. Pure yes, you're absolutely right. Um, I was hoping that uh, the box office would pick up after the doldrums that we've been looking at recently. And from the previous weekend, it's been down and then it was down again and it was down again. From the previous weekend, it has actually gone up by 191%. Right. I think I can probably Sharp guess intake why. of breath, Mr. Probably, Rose. Well, I can probably guess why, except <laughs> it had gone down so much, of course. It had to, but yes, uh, this, With, I take it, is the release of the new Tom Cruise film. Top Gun Maverick made £15.9 million. Wow. Including previews, we have to be honest there. It is the second highest grossing film of the year. It is Paramount's biggest UK opening weekend ever. It is Tom Cruise's biggest opening in this country ever. And the widest release for a Paramount picture. All of which is jolly good news for the multiplex. Yes. And I did mention it briefly last week how much I enjoyed it. But now is probably the time to talk about it a little more. Yes, please. Yes, please. I mean, you did say, I think it didn't matter whether we'd seen the first film or not, but I guess you may be getting into this anyway, James. I'm sorry I'm getting ahead of myself. Yeah, because bearing in mind the first film came out 36 years ago, and most people go to the cinema at age between 18 and 35, unless they went out and bought it on Amazon. I think here's a a question then for next week. What is the longest gap between a film and its sequel? Ha! Indeed. I will let you, I'm not going to put you on the spot now because that's a horrible question, but at the same time, well, I'd be interested in knowing the answer. That may be it. That may be it. No, I think... Oh, anyway, we we need to move on, but... Yes, okay. (laughs) Top Gun Maverick starts as one might expect, which is a good thing. With the sound of an electronic thrum, we are greeted by images of supersonic jets taking off, and the legend... A Don Simpson, Jerry Bruckheimer production. Oh, fills see, the have you seen that for a while? Yes. Great. Well, of course, the original film released 36 years ago was produced by Don Simpson and Bruckheimer. 
and a lot has happened in the intervening years. Don Simpson, who also produced such films as Flashdance, Beverly Hills Cop and The Rock, died of drug-related heart failure in 1996 at the age of 54, while Top Gun's original director, Tony Scott, committed suicide in 2012. Indeed, the film is dedicated to the memory of Tony Scott. Considering how his younger brother's career is still going full, full tilt, one can but wonder what achievements Tony Scott could have pulled off had he decided to live. In the intervening years, the actress who played the wife of Goose, Anthony Edwards, went on to become a major star, and then less so, id est Meg Ryan, while Val Kilmer, who played Maverick's rival, Iceman Kaczynski, suffered from throat cancer and now speaks with the aid of an electric voice box. Whatever one might have thought of the original movie, and I was not a fan, I did see it again the other day, mm. one cannot deny the iconic status of the film. It made a box office star of Tom Cruise, who hasn't done badly for himself since. It had a hit song with the Berlin number, Take My Breath Away, which won an Oscar and went to number one on both sides of the Atlantic. Navy recruitment shot up the most since the Second World War in the wake of the release, mm. as did the sale of Ray-Bans. Oh, I was about to say that, Don, yes. you beat me to it. <laughs> by an astonishing 40%. But that was then. I should explain that Maverick is the so-called call sign of US Navy pilot Pete Maverick, uh, Mitchell, who was the personification of chutzpah and recklessness, in a billion-dollar department that likes to tick it, it, likes to tick its boxes, count its pennies, and keep its personnel in the land of the living. Maverick was a rebel, a rule breaker. In fact, such is his lust to fly that he has turned down the opportunity to further his career, and remains a mere captain, unlike his colleagues. For instance, his old rival, Iceman, is now a four-star admiral. Maverick lives for flying, but times they are a-changing. In the words of Ed Harris's rear admiral, Chester Kane, the future is coming and you're not in it. Apparently, the hypersonic Dark Star scramjet program is no longer fit for purpose and funds need to be redirected to the more relevant drone agenda. Maverick's jets are now considered too slow and outdated. So in one final display of Brio, Maverick, while he still has the keys to his jet, pushes it beyond its known limit from, wait for this, Simon, Mach 9 to Mach 10.3. An all-time record. Ed Harris is not impressed, although everybody else is, including this critic who spilled his cappuccino. These <laughs> of course, scenes... it takes a lot for you to spill your coffee, James. <laughs> These scenes of pushing the top supersonic envelope are pure cinematic nirvana. And Joseph Kaczynski, who directed uh, Top Gun Maverick, didn't want to use CGI. And he had cameras actually on the plane, on the nose, on the, on the wings. And my God, it is amazing. I think the first film was largely a cheesy, vacuous video game. The new one is a more mature classier beast. Here Maverick is referred to as Pops and Old Man by the young bucks competing to be the new elite who are asked to mount an assault 
on an unsanctioned uranium enrichment plant in a hostile territory, which incidentally is very cold. As one pilot says, everybody here is the best of the best there is. Who the hell are they going to get to teach us? Well, the answer is obvious, although Maverick feels uncomfortable in his new role, particularly as he knows none of the new recruits can match him for what is virtually a mission impossible. Tom Cruise turns 60 next month, and it's good to see him playing his age, albeit an age that most 60-year-olds won't be able to recognise. Mm. The actor is not again to taking his shirt off at the slightest opportunity. I did actually lose count the number of times he took his shirt off. And there's added class Moving too. into Clint Eastwood territory, clearly. Oh, gosh, yeah. Don't you remember Clint Eastwood had a penchant for that in about the similar age? Now that he's in his 90s, maybe. I hope he's... Yes, I think, he's, I think he's stopped now. But you know, you know that Cruz couldn't have been a pilot even if he'd wanted to be. You know why he would be disqualified? And this was true at the time, Top Gun. It may have changed. But he isn't five foot ten, and you have ah. to be five foot ten. Right, because he's five foot nine, five foot oh, eight. Exactly. Yes, not the tallest person in the world. It's probably about my think... height, yet I think of him being short, but yes. <laughs> but anyway, so it really is as good as all that. I mean, is there a story to match up with the spectacle? Well, well, yes, I don't you, like films that are our only story. You, yeah. you know where it's going. And right. as with these formulaic films, you hope it goes there. And there are a few surprises along the way, which is as it should be. There's added class two from Jennifer Connolly as Penny, an old mm. flame, mm. and a moving cameo from Val Kilmer, who has to type his conversation with Maverick on a computer. I don't want to say more about the scene, but it is very touching for obvious reasons because Val Kilmer, well, he battled throat cancer, although he kept it out of the public eye. I think Jennifer Connelly is terrific. I think the stunts are absolutely amazing, and it really has taken it up a notch from the first film. It is so much better. I, I think sequels are getting better, well, as good. a general rule. Because that certainly has not always been the case. It's been very rare when sequels have been better, because you there's, ostensibly, I mean... The main reason is to make money out of a film that... Well, of course. And obviously films like well. Sonic the Hedgehog 2 is appalling <laughs> compared to the original. <laughs> yes. And that yes. turned up, what, 18 months after the first film, mm. unlike Top Gun Maverick. The I Godfather mean, the God, Part 2. Yeah, I mean, the God, God, I was going to say, Godfather Part 2 is nearly always you know, trotted out as being one of those sequels that is as good, if not better, than the original. Uh, um, James, I think we're probably going to have to take a break here because we've got quite a lot else we want to get we, to. We do. We? we do indeed. So let us do that. Sharing ideas about money. This is Share Radio. This is Simon Rose. You're listening to The Business of Film. I'm in conversation with James Cameron Wilson, who has seen Top Gun Maverick and recommends it highly. Well, is it yes, very I, long, by the way? Presumably, this is about two and a half hours. Is it? Sort I of think it's two and a quarter. Mm, it doesn't feel long. long. Okay, all right. Uh, I'll tell you what is long, and that's Doctor Strange in the Multiverse of Madness, which was at number one, which made 1.37 million quid, down 54%, with a total now of 37.7 million. Number three, I'm very interested about, because everybody loved this film, Everything, Everywhere, All at Once, which was at number two, down 41%, with a total of 2.93 million. And I didn't get it. I just found it was one endless kind of 
music mm. video with lots of martial well, arts. Well, I was worried because last week I'd already booked my tickets yeah, to see I know. this, and you said how well, I, I tried to lower was. your expectations so well, you would enjoy well, it. Well, you probably were successful in that end because we, we got there. We were rushing because we had to see the Elizabeth line first, and that was just oh, wow. so wonderful. And the design is so spectacular at some of the stations um, that we realized we were going to be late for the film, but um, luckily we weren't. I have to say, James, we had an absolute blast. I thought it, we thought it was hysterically funny. There must be, I don't know, um, maybe 16, 20 people in the cinema. It was a small screening room. Um, but people were laughing, and we just had a whale of a time. It is impossible to describe the film, though. I and mean, how do you, you do, know yeah. if anybody's going to like that or not? I know, I know. Uh, it, it's not like anything I could... I mean, Twin Peaks with extra added humour, possibly it's that sort of quirky mentality. But I'm afraid I just... I absolutely Don't be afraid. It. I'm glad you liked it because, I of course, my know. website gave it a very good review. Ah, oh, but not, my, not, my but not you. But then it's it's fascinating it. that not everybody likes the same films, and you know, if that were the case, there'd only be a need for one one film reviewer. But I, think I couldn't it would have explain why we liked it. Well, I think it would have helped if I wasn't the only person in the cinema. Yes, I'm sure it would, James, because it, 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 amongst anything else, I would say it's primarily a comedy. And I think if you see... Oh, is that comedy, what it was? I, well, we were laughing a lot. I mean, so it's got sort of... I didn't realise it was ...sci-fi aspects, but we were absolutely chortling and laughing out loud the whole way through. God, I wish there somebody told so me it was good, comedy. Well, I mean, it, it's a weird <laughs> genre because it's, it's so peculiar. And as you pointed point out last week, I mean, it also involves the metaverse, like um, multiverse, oh, yeah. like uh, Doctor Strange. Um but just very funny. And I, I didn't oh, even spot so Jamie Lee Curtis doing what I suppose one calls a cameo, but um, oh, no, I did I, I, just the whole way through. I kept thinking, who is it? Who is it? Who is it? I oh, really? Recognize it. Yeah. Yeah. No, she but, was very game. She was terrific. Yeah, she was the uh, best thing in it for me. Really. She was. She was absolutely fantastic as a, a rather malevolent IRS officer. Um, yes. Yeah. Very funny. I, I thought I would recommend it strongly if you like very quirky humor yeah but okay. it's hard to know to people because i suspect some people would just not get it at all however don't yeah. see it in the cinema well, on your so, own i think i'm so against it yeah yeah, yeah. I, mean, I can I would, understand I, why i lost the will to live while watching it and as i say i was on my own and it was only when i read the review in the times afterwards that i realized that other people found it similar to no, how you, i react i think it's a very marmite movie some people will love it but you won't be able to actually guess in advance who is going to anyway you want to get on i know to other things yeah, That's well, i know three a lot of people um, at number four we've got downtown abbey a new era which was at number three down 54 percent with a total of 13.3 million pounds and i absolutely love this this was a sequel that was better than the original mm -hmm. yes. number five we've got a new film at five which is the bob's burgers movie which made three Hundred and fifty-six thousand quid. Uh, the chart seems rather choked with unwieldy titles at the moment. <laughs> I long for the days when films like Psycho, Jaws, Titanic, <laughs> yeah, and Avatar yes. were the norm. However, yeah. even the new Avatar film, due out this December, has been extended to Avatar: The Way of Water, which could end up being confused with The Shape of Water or The Weight of Water the latter being a crime drama directed by Kathleen Bigelow and starring Sean Penn, and largely forgotten by all but the most studious film buff. So, to the Bob's Burgers movie, let me explain. Bob's Burgers 
is an animated TV sitcom. So this is the Bob's Burgers mm. movie. I don't know if you've heard of it. Never, no. <laughs> well, it's been around for 11 years and has spawned a virtual pinball game, two soundtrack albums, a comic strip series, and now the movie. What's interesting about it is that when it first aired on Fox TV, it was pretty much drubbed by the critics. But it nevertheless continued to be renewed and was then syndicated on cable. And by the fifth season, it had scored a 100% rating on Rotten Tomatoes. Wow. So definitely a case of being an acquired taste. That was certainly the case with me. Visually in the style of The Simpsons, American Dad and Family Guy, more comic strip than Pixar. It is the story of Bob, his wife, Linda, and their three children, Tina, Jean and Louise, who live above a burger joint in a nondescript town, which looks like it could be in New Jersey. In the movie, things aren't going particularly well. Bob is behind with his rent. They are unable to extend their bank loan in spite of a bribe in the shape of a burger. Mm. And then a sinkhole appears in front of their restaurant, making it nigh impossible for customers to access the premises. At first, the film feels like a series of skits until the characters have been properly introduced and developed. So we have the hormonally confused Tina, the gadget and music obsessed Jean, mm. and little Louise, who still wears a bunny ears hat that she has worn since she was a toddler in the misguided belief that it makes her brave, which it patently doesn't. I think the reason the film largely comes off is because of the dryness of the delivery, the gags being principally contextual rather than funny one-liners in their own right. Mm, so when mm. Linda tells her children to shy away from crevices, that isn't particularly funny. Although in the circumstances, it is. The whole Belcher family, for the Belchers they are, are voiced by male actors, except for Louise, obviously, because she's the youngest daughter. But then the Bob's Burgers movie isn't exactly aiming for realism. Not having been exposed to the Belchers before, it took me a while to get into the rhythm of the humour. But by the halfway mark, while I wasn't exactly riveted, I was chuckling at regular mm. intervals. For me, one of the surprising aspects of the Bob's Burgers movie is that it is a musical, or at least a semi-musical. Mm. I think I counted about six songs. Of course, it was animation that saved the moribund musical genre in the 1980s and 1990s, first with The Little Mermaid, and then with Beauty and the Beast, Aladdin, The Lion King, Pocahontas, the Hunchback of Notre Dame, Mulan, and so on. It's a strange mixing of styles, but adds to the peculiar charm of this odd, rather diverting eccentricity. Mm, I wouldn't beg okay. you to see it, but I was pleasantly surprised. Okay, that's number five in the chart. Gosh, we haven't even, we've got five places to go. We've got long left. Okay, I'll say no more. Number six, we've got Sonic the Hedgehog 2, which was at number four, down 35%, which I loathed with a vengeance, with a total of £25 million. At seven, I quite enjoyed the bad guys. I enjoyed a lot the bad guys, which was at number six, down 
38%, with a total of 11.9 million. At number eight, eight, we have The Lost City, which was at number five, down 61%, with Sandra Bullock, Daniel Radcliffe, a very funny Brad Pitt, and a frequently exposed Channing Tatum, mm -hmm. with a total of 10 million in the bank. At number nine, we've got the dreary, but not absolutely appalling, because it has Mads Mikkelsen in it, who uh, took over from Johnny Depp. Fantastic Beasts, The Secrets of Dumbledore, which was at number seven, down 62% for a total of 20.6 million pounds. And at number 10, we've got F3, Fun and Frustration, which is a very long Toluga family comedy. <laughs> okay. But I hope I've got time to talk briefly about Toscana. It's a funny thing, but films about food and cuisine are invariably masterpieces. Yes, it's extraordinary. Yeah. Everybody has a favourite, but titles such as Babette's Feast, Stanley Tucci's Big Night, Big Night. Yeah, John Favreau's that. Chef, yep. Itami Juzo's Tabopo, Ang Lee's Eat, Drink, Man, Woman, even Mike Lee's Life is Sweet, Pixar's Ratatouille. I, mean, I could go on, there are so many of them. They are all delicious slices of cinema. And luckily for us, the Danish film Toscana isn't showing at a cinema near you, so you won't have the unsavoury stench of popcorn interfer <laughs> interfering with your olfactory perfection. Toscana is just out on Netflix, and it is the Danish word for Tuscany, or Chiantishire, as we call it in the United Kingdom. And from the opening, haunting, sonorous peal of Tuscan church bells over a black screen, I felt myself gently eased into a private pocket of joy. I am a huge fan of Danish films. Think Mads Mikkelsen in Open Hearts or Mads Mikkelsen in A Royal Affair, Mads Mikkelsen in The Hunt or Another Round with Mads Mikkelsen. Uh, and I was not dis disappointed by Toscana. It is executive produced by and stars the Danish stand-up comedian Anders Mattesson, who plays Theo Dahl, a Michelin-starred chef who is tortured by the need to be the best there is. And so nobody comes close to his own exacting standards, which makes life hell for those around him. In order to win round the taste buds of a prospective investor in his Copenhagen restaurant, Theo has to lay on a culinary masterpiece. And to test his blood pressure, he gets news of his father's death on that very big day. His father apparently was always there to ruin Tio's life, even when he wasn't there. Let's just say the evening does not go well and we haven't even reached the opening credits yet. And Tio finds himself traveling to Italy to organize the sale of his late father's Tuscany estate, which also includes its own restaurant. Tio has no intention of taking on a third-rate eatery and he intends to rubber stamp the sale so that he can put the money in his own restaurant back in Denmark. But people do things differently in Italy and Tio is forced to cool his heels as he gradually learns about the father that he never knew before. You think, again, like Top Gun Maverick, you think you know where it's going and you sort of hope it does go there, But and there are surprises along the way. I totally, I loved it. Okay. So that's called Toscana, which you will find uh, on Netflix. Um, 
Do, how did you even come across it in the first place? Because Netflix is not very good at telling you about movies if they're out of the ordinary. It doesn't often highlight them, I find. Well, because there are only two new films in the top ten, and I don't include F3, Fun and yes, Frustration, yes, yes. Uh, I just had a look around and thought, this looks interesting. And so it was out fresh, fresh Excellent. on Netflix, so I, I watched it. But do we have just a minute? Oh, gosh, yes. Very, very quick, James. Less than a minute. Less than a minute, just to because we mentioned it at the beginning, Goodfellas, which I saw again because, of course, it was the film that made Ray Liotta a huge star who passed away this week in his sleep when yes. he was in the Dominican Republic making a new film. Great show, and, I, uh, yes, awful. And of course, sorry for the producers, I mean, it's awful when you know, one of your main actors dies in the middle of making a movie. What do you do? Um, I heard a, a really very good story though in the paper the other day. Somebody knew, um, a female film journalist who went to interview Ray Liotta just after he'd had a child and did the interview and said, oh, what are you going to call the child? Are you going to call it Tarka? She, of course, thinking it'd be called Tarka Liotta, <laughs> as in Tarka the Otter, but apparently um, the Williamson books are not, uh, not known in, in the States. That's so very funny. I got that. I got that. It was, a lovely, got that. It was a lovely story. James, sadly, we are out of time, but thank you very much indeed. That's it for this edition of The Business of Phil. We will be back with more at the same time next week. You talking to me? Bond. James Bond.